what is up everybody welcome back to another episode of the spectators we finally have our nba bubble champion crowned congratulations to the la lakers i'm julianosius i'm here at brooklyn as always what's going on what's popping bro how you doing I'm kind of excited that this this marathon that we experienced with the NBA is finally over. I don't know about you. I'm sad though. I'm sad. It, it's been fun. Yeah, it, it's been a good it's time. Been a lot of fun. I to me, it kind of got like exhausting towards the end, and I'm sure the players feel the same way. Uh, oh yeah. So I'm happy there's gonna be like it can't even be that long. I, I feel like the season's gonna start in like January, so we got like a two three month little break. And yeah, they, they said be... no, uh, no sooner than Christmas. So yeah, so probably around January, middle of January would be right. And I know, mm-hmm. I know that that's the target date that they've been trying to get it moved to anyway. I know the NBA is trying to like wiggle its way out of um, NFL season, and for good reason. I mean, the NFL, you're definitely gonna watch uh, Sunday night football games and Sunday football games over like. A middle of October Spurs Portland matchup, you know what I'm saying? So, absolutely. So I get it. I'm trying to move a little bit back, get out of the college realm, get out of the NFL realm, so that the weekends are for the NBA. Makes a lot of sense. And in October, we got baseball too, which we're gonna get to a little bit later because we definitely got some mm-hmm. exciting baseball going on. But absolutely, like I said in the start, congratulations to LeBron, Anthony Davis. Uh, Dwight Howard and company over there from the L.A. Lakers. Uh, finally bringing back a championship. Yeah. It's been, what, it, 10 years? It's I think, been a good little minute. I think this was, yeah. was the 10 years since uh, the Pow and Kobe championship. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a long time for a, a franchise that always expects to win. They had to to go through a little rebuilding there, and that was some some turbulent times. The uh, oh, man. the Lonzo that, that, Ball that era, and and all that. That was rough for Laker fans. Oh yeah, I yeah, mean there were some con- highlights. Congrats but to them. Rough. Yeah, yeah, but it it was cool. This uh this Laker team had a lot of storylines going for them. Like you get obviously LeBron in his fourth ring. Shout Third out to team. that. Yeah, third team. It's just, it's nuts. And shout out Danny Green, also third team, team getting a ring. Yeah, three-time NBA champion Danny Green. You also get three-time NBA champion JaVale McGee. We know how he's been, like, going from the bottom of the league, being a laughingstock, shacking a full MVP. Now you're a respected player. You get Dwight being on the Lakers. Then you uh, – Go have his nonsense that uh, he had going. We're not going to get into that. But for for Dwight, live your life. We can actually say the sentence that Dwight Howard won an NBA championship in Orlando, and that's electric. In Orlando, bro. that's it's that's cool. amazing. Yeah, you get Rondo winning it with the Celtics and the Lakers. Like it, it's just dope JR, all around. You JR, get JR winning again. Dion Waiters playing a single uh, ring. So it, it's cool. Yeah, a lot of storylines, and you love to see it. Yeah, even Quinn Cook. I mean, like his dad just died this last year, and he was, or I think this year or last year, he was a big Lakers fan growing up. So Quinn mm-hmm. Cook was too. He's already a multi-time champion, but now he gets to win one for the for his team. That's pretty cool. A whole lot of like good feeling stuff going on for the Lakers winning this. Even though as a team they might not have been like the most likable to watch outside of LeBron. Yeah, 
And then, like, the cherry on top was obviously paying homage to Kobe Bryant. Um, Absolutely. I mean, he, he left such a legacy over there in in L.A. and just around the world for, for basketball and beyond that. And I mean, we've talked we've talked about it plenty of times. Yeah, and just we, can, kinda, we can have a whole episode about yeah, exactly. the impact Kobe made. And so just kind of um, being able to to do all that with him on their mind. They they were wearing the Mamba jerseys for a good chunk of games in the playoffs, and I think they only lost once in them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it was game five. And, um, you know, just the real storyline to me is just LeBron James. He comes in. He's, he's 36, 37 at this point. It's year 17 36. in the league, and he is now 4 for 4 for finals MVPs in finals that they've won. He almost won one in a finals they lost a couple years back against <laughs> Golden State. I really still yeah. think he should have. He was that good. And Absolutely. You know, there, there's nobody better. He's at the top of the mountain again. Um, he was ha- He had a little speech after. He's demanding his respect for not just him, but the organization and the guys he's playing with and has played with. And, you know, he continues to show he's uh, he's unselfish. I mean, obviously, in the way he plays. And um, I don't know. I'm just I'm super excited to see it. I know the, the MJ LeBron arguments are going to be rampant today, especially like the first day of the week right after oh, the absolutely. NBA Finals ends. He gets his fourth ring. They're going to be rampant. And um, we kind of already know where I stand on that. I don't know. I, I feel like I know where you stand on that, but. It, it got to be wrong, man. Like, well, what he does, especially with all the talk, he can't do it in the West. He's taking the East. He's having a cakewalk. Can't do it in the West. Okay, bet. Comes to the West, does it. Yeah. Well, what do you got to say about it? And, and I've seen some people say, like, well, he didn't actually really have a tough run. And it's like, well, that's not his fault that the Clippers blew it. Exactly. It's, it's not his fault the Rockets imploded. It's not his fault the the Bucks did God knows what they did. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just don't even have a clue. And, and the Heat were the best team in the East this year. I mean, the way they played yep. in the playoffs, they were the best team in the East. And this was not an easy series, even though it felt like you never doubted the Lakers winning it. It's th- it went six games, and every game besides game six was pretty close. Yeah, there there was times where you were like, "Hold up, wait a minute, is, is Jimmy gonna do something?" Yeah, like is this gonna happen? But in the back of your mind, it's like, "Nah, that it it's it can't, it can't." Yeah. Also, and big LeBron shout out. Why do we mention him? Big shout out to Jimmy Butler for. Oh man, um, this was a really big year for him that I don't think I expected to be a big year for him. Or really anybody. No. I mean, I'm sure people like called it because the, the change of culture. He gets to go to Miami, a place he really wants to be, etc. But I don't think anybody expected it to be this. I mean, he comes into a situation where they're clearly rebuilding. They have some young guys. They draft two really young guys. And it all kind of just clicks. And the personalities, the way they play, the mentality, it all just clicks and... It's rare that you see a team that's, you know, quote-unquote under-talented because they're not the most talented team in the East by any stretch of the imagination. They're probably, like, fourth in that no. regard. But they came together, and they just outplayed everybody that came at them. And there were stretches they were outplaying the Lakers, and it was kind of cool to see. Uh, it was. G- you know, Jimmy Definitely spearheaded was. it, so shout-out. 
but you you just got to appreciate what Jimmy did, man. You got to appreciate it. Because to come in and lead your team like this, man, you, you love it. You love to see it. And it really uh, sets up for an interesting next year. Next season's going to be wild, bro. The the East is going to have a lot of uh a lot of interesting parts. Like you got the new maybe new-faced Sixers with Doc Rivers being there. See what happens with that. You got the Heat that are going to be a respectable force in the East now. You obviously got the Raptors, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets are on the horizon. So, I mean, it's going to be fun. Yeah, and we're going to see what happens with Victor Oladipo. I know he wants Mm -hmm. to uh, leave uh, Indiana. So, we'll see if he gets to go somewhere where they just are a piece away. Say Oladipo went to the the Heat. I think that would be really, really good for them. Or say he goes to a team that's not necessarily good but is kind of trying to get there. For example, I don't know why this is the example that I thought of, but, like, say Washington, like, Oladipo and Beal could be a pretty good combo out there. Just Yeah, I was going to say, Washington's an interesting thing because you don't know what's going to happen with uh, Wall and Beal. I think Wall is the real kicker here because John Wall has obviously had his injuries and he has mm-hmm. that really big contract. Do they want to try and move from him? Are they going to try exactly. and figure it out and build around him still? It's it's a couple years into that duo, and we're not really seeing a whole yeah. lot. So we're and gonna there's been see. talks about Beal getting moved too. So you really don't know what direction this Washington team could be moving. Yeah, and so the, the East is just completely wide open. I mean, the West is going to be kind of the same, uh, regardless of what kind of free agent moves happen. It's going to be the Clippers and the Lakers uh, leading the the charge. And then you'll have. But then you the, also got the Warriors coming up. You got a young Pelicans team. Mm-hmm. And I know the Warriors like the are Suns, a very, very trendy, uh, very early finals pick just because you're getting Steph back. You're getting Clay back. They have Andrew Wiggins. They're going to have a high draft pick. So there's a lot of like mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Obviously, Steph and Clay, we know what they bring. Is Andrew Wiggins going to be any sort of good? Um, I can't remember the rookie guy that they had this year's name, but he actually had a pretty decent season. Sorry for forgetting his name. I just I'm blanking on it. Um, so the the Warriors are definitely going to be interesting. I still think they're a, a step behind the Clippers and the Lakers, unless um, yeah, Lamelo turns out to be LeBron Junior. <laughs> Which hey, I mean could happen or whoever they pick i don't even know have a clue well lamello's probably gonna end up on the timberwolves and the timberwolves gonna be a little bit spicy having a uh, d'lo and cat on that team too see there's a whole lot going on and that's what's so fun about the nba like mm-hmm. every season it just feels really different and yeah. apart from like the the whole warriors Cavs fiasco where we <laughs> it was just them every year um it actually feels like for the next couple of years, it's going to be a little bit fresh every year. I mean, I completely oh, yeah, the, expect the talent the is a to be, lot more widespread right now. Yeah, than it's been in a while. It's definitely more like you got to appreciate duo it. talent as opposed to like big three, big four, which is nice. I, I love the duos. I, I love the age of the duos. It, it's cool. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's really cool, and like I said, it spreads the talent around the whole league. Like. Now the East is really starting to get a little more deeper. Like, they're, they're still building. They're, they're not all there. Like, you still got the Bulls. The Hawks got some talent. The Magic have been just right there at uh, the 7-8 seed for a couple years now. So, I mean, it 
they, we're we're working on the East. Like I like that you mentioned there. the Hawks because they're kind of an easy team to forget, but they have yeah. a lot of young guys over there. They do, and and, and Trey Young is legit. Exactly. So I'm definitely excited to see them maybe try and go after a guy, make a trade, or even just like hit on another draft pick like they seem to have been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. And I mean, out of 30 teams, I think you would probably push to the side, maybe like six or seven, just off of like, they still need a couple more pieces to try to make a push. But besides that, like, you got a lot of teams that could challenge for a playoff spot and then you had a good like 10 12 that are actually going to compete for a championship so it's cool and obviously you got the top four like obviously the lakers clippers um, bucks if they throw you bucks and then like right now you would say miami but you got brooklyn on the horizon you got the celtics you got the uh raptors so i mean it's cool yeah it's cool i'm excited yeah, and I mean, it's it's hard to be excited now just because it's a couple months away and we have uh, college football fully coming back to, to form in like another, what, two, three weeks. Uh, college basketball yeah. is starting in November, which is going to be exciting because I wasn't sure we were going to get college basketball. Hopefully we get a March Madness this year because not having it last year was rough. And it's crazy that all of this like started with losing March Madness. Mm-hmm. So it it's wild. It's definitely wild. Yeah, and then uh, speaking of uh, losing it, um, you know, everything kind of went to crap with COVID, all that. NFL is in shambles right now. <laughs> Absolute Man. shambles. We're getting games delayed and postponed like three hours before kickoff. We have games getting moved to Monday and then getting moved to Tuesday as if COVID's just gonna take a Tuesday off. I don't really I don't really get that. We're moving it from Sunday to Tuesday as if everybody's gonna be cleared. I don't Then we got uh games being rescheduled and switching weeks. Like I saw a couple games be switched from like week six to week ten. And it's just all over the place. <laughs> and now teams are like losing their bye week. And the whole point of the bye week is you're not even practicing during bye weeks. You're just like resting your body and i know now like the denver broncos for example they were supposed to play this week uh it got moved to monday then it got canceled now they're gonna play the patriots on their bye week and so now they practiced all this week to not play and now they just got to get ready for another game and when their bye week comes there's no weeks off now for them and for whatever other teams are affected it 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 really isn't a good situation and and we were kind of clean for the first couple of weeks. It was looking smooth, and then, well, once it breaks, that's it. Yeah, the I will. I do want to mention. And it starts snowballing. I do want to mention going back to the NBA for a split second. Shout out to Adam Silver okay. and everybody that helped create that bubble because we went through the entire what was it three months, three and a half, three months of it, the it NBA long. Disney bubble without a single COVID case. Yeah, not one. Shout out to the bubble, man. They did everything right. You you got to appreciate what the NBA did. They they set the precautions. They did everything they needed to do and made the proper steps to make sure that these guys would be safe. And they even brought people in from the outside at one point. 
uh, you know, limited numbers. But they and when they did that, they still did it carefully. And um, yeah, I remember we were talking about that and like, do you really want to risk it come playoff time to start bringing people in and compromising the bubble? But and it worked out. They, they did it. Yeah. Everybody quarantined. They they made it work. They went through the precautions and. We went through the whole entire bubble smooth, and they were strict. Yeah. Like you had people crossing the line just to go get a DoorDash, and that was it. Suspended. You had a quarantine. Mm-hmm. So big so, shout out to hey. them. Um, it it sucks that the um, the NFL couldn't really figure it out, and with the and the the main issue with the NFL too is it's really really hard to read to like put a game to another week because you're playing once a week it's a really difficult sport on your body right yeah. so what are we going to do add an extra week to the regular season to make up all these games but how are we going to do I mean, that they're talking about it it's a lot of weird logistics it's it. not like mlb where you can just play a double header on a day and it's fine yeah or you can p- shorten the game like we're not going to play a three-quarter football game that's not how it's going to go no uh, it's not going to work. The Cowboys are going to lose by 50 every game. Like That's just how it's going to go because that's how they win in the fourth quarter. I don't get it. Please stop doing it. Win early. Yeah. Or or Atlanta would be 5-0 and at this point. Like, Jesus. Yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> so, you are not lying. So we're not going to do that. I don't know how they're going to make up these games if they do wind up getting like actually canceled. Are they just going to forfeit them? Are they just going to count as null? I don't really know how that would work. It's going to be weird. How's that going to work for Vegas if you bet that the Bills are going to go plus nine and a half games, but they only play 15, so they're at nine wins? Like, oof. You know? There's a lot of things that don't – it's just not a good look. It's not a good look. And you mentioned the bubble for the NFL. It's tough because, like – any given team with personnel, coaches, just equipment managers, just everything involved with it, you're looking at about what eighty to a hundred people a team. At no more you have than that. House. It's got to be more than that. Well, I'm I'm just saying like ballpark. You get the fifty three players, and then just fifty staff members. Let's just say yeah. So a hundred per team, but you can't play multiple. <clears throat> you can't play multiple games on the same field. Exactly. Like, I mean, you could. You could play a 1 o'clock game, do, like, 30 to an hour of, like, refurbishing the field, and then get another team on there, I guess. But And, and I mean, there is complexes that got multiple fields, but it's like, where do you house these people? Because yeah. it's not like it's, it's a too playoff many bubble. This is a regular season bubble, so you need 32 teams worth yeah. of 100 people each. Where do you put them? And then, like, the worst part is, like, we have fans in the stands at some stadiums, too. So, it's, like, now those people are at risk also. It's really just yeah. a weird situation. Like, the SEC this year just decided, eh, COVID doesn't exist. Fans, welcome in. It's like, huh? Yeah. Like, you got the Cowboys bringing in 25K. That, that's a lot of people. And, I mean, their, their stadium uh, fits 90,000, but still. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to see Dak get hurt. Shout out to Dak. Hope he gets better soon. Cause that, that, yeah, prayers up for Dak, man. That was scary. That it was nasty. Went the wrong way. It, it zigged when it should have zagged. Yeah. It, it was bad. Mm. It was really bad. And, and I, I really, really, really hope that when it comes time, Jerry Jones is going to take care of that man. Because they go through all the nonsense with the contract. They don't pay him. He gets franchise tagged for a year. 
gets a, I think it was like 31 mil for the year. But long term, what's going to happen? Yeah, and that's the exact reason. And we're going to look back on this season. Maybe not us, but like players are going to look back and they're going to point at Dak Prescott and they're going to say, that's why I don't want to get franchise tagged. Pay me. Yep. Because he's exactly. played so well for this team for a couple of years now, right? Especially all, this year, man. All their shortcomings Especially are not year. on his end. They they need better DBs. They Their O-line isn't as good as it once was. Their D-line isn't as good as it needs to be. Uh, the coaching stinks blatantly. Hmm. Uh, he's not the issue. And they're painting him to be the issue by not paying yeah. him. And now he gets hurt. And so now they're going to be like, oh, man, now Dak is injury prone. So we're going to give you a lot of money, but we're going to give you less because, you know, he has injury concerns. And it's like you were just ho- you were hoping that was going to happen. Yeah, man, it, it's sad. It's really sad to see because in a blink of an eye, that that's it. Like you're working in a contract year. You're trying to ball out. And he was he was doing everything in his power to get that money. Yeah. And it's tough that you got to go through this. And then you would hope that. Your owner is going to take care of you. But knowing the type of person Jerry Jones is, you really, really don't know. You, you hope he does, but you really don't know. So, it's going to be interesting when it comes to free agency's time to see what they do. Yeah, hopefully he gets done right. I doubt it. I really, really doubt it. Yeah. Um, let's just hope in the meantime that he recovers well. And everybody that's been hurt this year, I mean, there's been so many. Um, it's been terrible. I mean, this weekend we lost, like, Dalvin Cook got hurt. It didn't look too crazy. Um, I didn't actually – oh, Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. He didn't get hurt. He got benched. Um, <laughs> yeah, he comes back from being hurt mm-hmm. to get benched because they're <laughs> getting whopped. <laughs> like, it was bad, bro. Uh, one cool thing on the opposite end of the injury spectrum, we had Alex Smith come back. Shout out to that. Salute to Alex Smith, bro. That was a tough journey, bro. And if you want to like look up like somebody who's resilient, Alex Smith could have died from his injury a couple of years ago because like yeah. the infection rate on that particular leg injury is apparently really, really high. And usually if that gets infected, it's just not not good. And so he, he I believe managed. there was some complications that they had to go in and fix right away. Yeah, it, it didn't even mistaken. go smoothly either. So it's not like this was yeah. a peak medical, only he could have survived it. No, like this was even he had issues with it. Yeah. And, and I mean, 17 surgeries. And uh, that, 17 surgeries lot. and he's back, what, it, it was two years later? Less than two years? Two years later. Yeah. Which is wild because that's the, the amount of time it took Teddy Bridgewater to come back from his injury. And his was really bad, obviously. Also, I mean, non-contact yeah. uh, knee injuries are not what you want to see. But And it was scary because Washington's O-line was just letting him get bullied. And every hit he took, every time he scrambled, it was just like, ah. You kind of like uh, close uh, one eye as you watch. And yeah, you're, bro. You're just in fear. Like you see him go down. Somebody grabs his leg. They gator roll him a little bit. And it's like, oh, man. Say it ain't so, but shout out, man. It's dope also, to see. Yeah. Also, shout out to, to him even being willing to go back out there. I mean, after something so gruesome oh. happens to you and just want to actually go back and risk risk everything again, that, that's really uh, crazy to me and yeah. shows a lot about the kind of guy he is and, and what he 
and what he loves to do and that's i don't know that's awesome to me yeah you you love to see it and then like you see his fam uh in the stands you see his wife like just sitting there holding her breath behind the mask like just grimacing just watching him play like it's stuff like that that makes it all worth it like you fight through uh adversity and then you're right back so yeah so salute big big salute uh they they did get curb stomped by by the rams but yeah don't get that twisted yeah it it wasn't a good coming out party but the the football team still sucks but it is what it is it it was still really cool to see um that's the one good storyline that we've gotten out of washington in a long time um and and probably the best ever gonna get for a while don't expect any good news for a while the best news we'll get is when they finally decide on a new team name Whenever we we don't even know if that's the best news because they could botch it so well that it's just going to be like, go back to the football team, please. Uh, yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We'll see. Any any other cool little little tidbits from the weekend? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, no, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, um I mean, the interesting one is – the Raiders take down the Chiefs. Yeah, and the Raiders were they've played really well this year so far. They have two yeah. losses and it's to what uh, New England and Buffalo, which is not embarrassing losses at all. Buffalo has played all worldly. And yeah, they England take down uh, the New Saints England. and the Chiefs like Yeah, and those are I think those are my two Super Bowl teams for this year. So they beat both of my teams that I had in the Super Bowl, which is wild. Um Derek Shut Carr up. has looked good and that offense is really, really electric. With and Josh Jacobs leads the way, right? It, everything goes through him. He had two yeah. touchdowns in this game. Uh, they made a big comeback, didn't they? Go. They went like twenty six unanswered points at one point, and so they kind of uh, chiefed the Chiefs because that's usually their mo. <laughs> yeah, and, man, uh, it, it was wild. It was wild. And shout out to uh, Henry Ruggs. Two catches, 118 yards. And that's why I got a guy like that. He just has burners, and he's just going to dust you downfield. He has He's great after yards after uh, the catch, and he's great at getting open downfield because he's just going to flat out outrun you. So, yeah, you know, that's why they got him. And they, they got a young stable over there, which is exciting. Is Derek Carr the guy? I'm still not sure, but he's played really well to this point. I mean, him and Mahomes both threw their first pick of the year. Uh, this week, so that there's something to be yeah. said about that. I think Aaron Rodgers is the only guy left without throwing one, which that's typical. He's had a really good year. Shout too. out. Um, yeah. I don't think he's MVP though. I think Russ is. That Sunday night game kind of really solidified it. He really just played out of his mind. Yeah, man, you can't question what Russ is doing. I don't think anybody has either. But if you are, and if you have, stop it. Get help. Please stop it. Put some respect. Somebody vote this man for MVP, even if he doesn't win it. Just somebody give him a vote. He better win it. I'm I'm sick and tired of this man. This man who's a generational quarterback. I'll say it. He is generational. He's in year nine now. He's never had a losing season. He's never had an elite core around him. He finally has the best wide receiver he's ever had, and it's DK Metcalf, who is not a top twenty wide receiver in this league. Maybe like twenty, right? Something like that. Like he's not the a, the potential's top twenty. Oh yeah, but he's not like an A tier receiver. No, not not yet. Not and yet. to me, that's the best guy he's ball. ever had. Yeah, he could ball. So 
he finally got a guy. They they have a stable of like okay running backs. Chris Carson's pretty good. Uh, Jamal Adams is hurt too, so if he comes back, I I only say the name once. I'm sorry, Brooklyn. Um, if he comes back and plays well in that defense, they're going to be a really scary <laughs> team. But we kind of all expected that too. Yeah, so. they they will. They, they definitely will. And I mean, the defense has been balling out with Jamal on the field. So the last two weeks with him out, like you you've seen that they've missed him. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they're getting it done on the offensive end, so that's what you want. Yeah. And um, the last thing we can kind of touch on for the uh, football this week is that we hope this game with Buffalo and Tennessee happens on Tuesday. I don't think it will, but I hope it does. I want to see Josh Allen on the, the the big bright stage of Tuesday night football. Tuesday night football. That's Let's the go. worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> I can't believe it. We're getting a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday night football this week. Disgusting. And, I mean, it, it's great because we get football all the way through. But at the same time, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> like it. Tuesday night football. I don't like it. And then they have to turn around and play on Sunday again. So that's that's even more tough. Oh, mm-hmm. that, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That's terrible right there. And uh, we get the Chargers Saints on Monday, so... Michael we'll Thomas see how that goes. Herbert up, has uh, had an absolute gauntlet to play in his first couple of games of his career. He That's has. what I'll say. He played the Chiefs. I don't remember who they played week two or week three, his second game. Then they go against the Bucks. Now they got the Saints. Like, man, who yeah. did they make mad making the schedule? <laughs> now, it's good for them that Michael Thomas is out. Yeah, and the Saints have... Very much missed them. They do not look like the same team. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how one so, guy really like, especially a wide receiver too, but really kind of. I, I mean, when you lean so heavy on him, yeah, and and he's able yeah. to take that weight too. That's the, exactly that's the big thing. But you know, we'll we'll so, kind of see how that goes. I actually really this is a good opportunity for uh, the Chargers to make a big statement win and kind of wiggle their way back into the conversation. Just because, again, Absolutely. with Michael Thomas out, this is a really good opportunity to play a still really good team, get some confidence, and then build on that moving forward. So, Facts. I still take the Saints in this one, though. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> and, yeah, um, but it, it's going to be tough know. for them to make a move over the Chiefs in that division. So. Yeah. They're, <laughs> make, they're, make the statement. But they're eyeing the wild uh, card. They're eyeing the wild card. Yeah. <laughs> that was never um, Any other games? You no, that, that's it for the NFL this week. Um, I haven't yeah. looked at next week's schedule. Um, I'm sure it's good. You know, I'm sure there's a game or two that we'll be interested in. But I'm not I'm not super sure of what that looks like as of right now. What I am sure of is this MLB schedule. Mm. We got the ALCS mm-hmm. and the NLCS. ALCS, we got the Rays and Astros. Game two is, is that tonight? I say I know the schedule, but um, the, yeah, it is tonight. It is. They uh, go they don't seven have day, in a row. Without yeah, they don't have day. days off, so they're going Sunday to Sunday. Um, now, before we get too deep into baseball, we just gotta mention that th- this year has been rough for everybody and everything out there in the world, losing people. But the baseball world has got hit hard with losing Hall of Famers, man. Yeah. This morning we lost our sixth in a couple months. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we, this morning we we got news that Joe Morgan, a big red machine legend, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, dies at age 77. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Yankee legend Whitey Ford passed. And then even earlier this, this week, so just three this week, um, Hall of Famer uh, Bob Gibson uh, also passed. So, you know, uh, yeah. rest in peace to all of those guys. Condolences to their families, their organizations. And then a few months uh, prior, you get Al Kaline, Lou Brock, and Tom Seaver all being lost as well. And it's kind of, it's really, really crazy because this year has obviously been a lot. It's been very draining in every aspect. Absolutely. To have guys who have inspired and given so much hope and joy to people. I mean, Tom Seaver is the best Met of all time. Al Kaline's the best Tiger of all the time. Uh, Bob Gibson and Lou Brock were part of some really good Cardinals teams, and they were one of the first, like, black Americans to be really, really known and really, really good at the sport, right? Uh, Whitey Ford's a six-time World Series winner for the Yankees, uh, which is more than, like, most organizations in baseball have, so obviously he's a big deal, right? And then you get Joe Morgan, Big Red Machine. That's probably the most famous nickname team in baseball, right? Absolutely. Think like Steel Curtain, but for baseball. It was pretty much that. And, um, you know, these are not just guys that were really good, but they were guys that, like, inspired. Uh, they kind of set a flame in some cities. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're definitely going to be missed. Of, I mean, it, it, again, it's just been rough to kind of see it. And every day yeah. we kind of text each other when we find out about it, and it's just like, man. Again? Again? Like, I... Especially this week, like it was just back to back to back, man. Yeah, and it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, and then you throw that on top of just like everything else that's happened this year. It's it's just a yeah. whole jumbled mess that I don't like to to think about. But you know, we gotta we gotta pay our respects because you and I are such big baseball fans. We obviously know about these guys, uh, but people our age might not necessarily know about them as much. Uh, Joe Morgan I mean, was a for beast. for six Hall of Famers, yeah, to just in one year, like usually you lose one and it's like wow, that that's tough. But to lose six in one year is just it's nonstop. And one thing that it's needs non-stop. to be kind of stated too, it's extremely difficult to get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Extremely, yeah. they put two or three in per year, and you're only allowed on the ballot like ten times or so. Yeah, ten times. So you have 10 opportunities to get in, and you got to get, like, over 70 or 75% of the votes to get in. So it's not like, easy. look at Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds only has, I think, one more try to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, which is crazy that he might not get in. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, some, so some guys are locks, <laughs> obviously, yeah. but... Uh, and most of these guys were were in that lock kind of conversation, but it's really really difficult to get into the MLB Hall of Fame. You can have a fantastic yeah. career. Like think of somebody like Evan Longoria. He's probably not going to get in the Hall of Fame, and he has had a tremendous career. Mm-hmm. And and like there's a chance he gets in. He might sneak in, especially if somebody like Larry Walker could kind of get in, who he also had a phenomenal career. But uh, if somebody like him can sneak in, maybe we can see a. Longoria, but there's so many guys that are childhood heroes of ours. Matt Kemp, uh, I mean, there's just a giant list. Alfonso Soriano, uh, Bernie Williams. These are these are not Hall of Famers. Yeah, and I know I it's mean, just kind of a they're Hall of Famers point, in your but... book for like your team, your respected oh, yeah. team. But it's like when it comes said and done, again into Cooperstown, it's just they don't make the cut. Yeah, and, and it's tough. It, 
it it's a big uh you know this this is just kind of going to show how important and how good these guys were and uh they they're just going to be missed by by a lot of fans by a lot of people and uh you know we again our condolences to to those families out there and may they rest in peace absolutely and then uh on a on a lighter note though we uh we do have baseball to be watched though so we do have the CS we have Dodgers Braves tonight that's going to be really fun i know a lot of people probably including ourselves are discarding the Braves I don't know why we're doing that because the Braves are really, really good. Um, I think it's yeah. more of a Dodgers thing, not so much of how talented or not talented the Braves are. Um, but that's going to be a really, really fun series. These are two teams that have history against each other because they've both been historically good teams in the National League. Um, mm-hmm. They both have a lot of really, really good hitters. Um, oh, absolutely, man. The the. Dodgers have a better starting core. The Braves have a really, really good relieving core. And we're just kind of going to see, is is Acuna going to bring that fire? Acuna, Osuna, and Freddie Freeman. Is Freddie Freeman, who is likely the MVP, or the former MVP Mookie Betts, potential this year too, because he had a fantastic season as well. Yeah, can't count him out. Uh, who's going to win that battle. I'm excited to watch that. I'm definitely more excited to watch that than I am for this Houston Rays series. But game one well, the, was exciting. This Houston, so. Yeah, the this Houston-Tampa series is, is still going to be competitive. I mean, the Rays are a bunch of dogs. And, I mean, me, me and Drew, we, we've been sad all weekend. Been been in pain. <laughs> pain. But it, it is what it is. They, they got us. And... Brasso, shout out, <laughs> hit one of the biggest home runs in Rays history. Probably the biggest yeah. at this point. So, I mean, but the thing is, like, when it comes down to the bats in this series, I give the edge to Houston, but the Rays pitching, man, you got to you gotta respect it. You got to respect it. Those bullpen arms are scary. They got some good starters, and they're hungry. I feel like they're probably the hungriest among these playoff teams besides, like, the Dodgers because they've been so close. But this team is just young, spunky, just random. You get a bunch of just misfit toys all plugged together. Yeah. So And they all all play a role really well. I do want to say that the Astros are really scary to me right now because they had a terrible regular season. They definitely are. Yeah. But there are a bunch of guys who know how to play in the playoffs, and they have shown that yeah. so far. Uh, game one was kind of an anomaly where Correa and Springer and all them didn't really click. Um, they were messing up in the field too, but you yeah, there was don't a lot of errors. They got don't. one of the best infields in baseball. They, I think so they I mean, have. It. I think it's statistically they had the best um, defense in baseball this year, which is partly why yeah. they won as many games as they did because they sure weren't hitting the ball. No. Um, Not at all. But they have one of the best. They have one of the best, if not the best, defense. And Correa made an error. I think Altuve made an error. Like there was some. It was just sloppy. And you know, it wound up being a two-one loss. I do expect the Astros to kind of pull this one out. As uh, as much as that kind of hurts to to hear and say. Um, yeah, I mean, it hurt me last week saying that the Astros were going to beat the A's. <laughs> it's just really crazy to me that. 
without Jared, Jared, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander that they're able to figure some way to have enough pitchers to even win the amount of games they have so far. Look, we've been saying for a while, the Astros, whatever they do, but they're pitching, they do it right. Oh, yeah. they Them and the Rays are the two teams that and – the, and the Dodgers are probably in this conversation too, and obviously yeah. the Indians. Uh, they really know how to produce – pitchers and take a guy who may not have the juice like that and kind of give him that juice because um, yeah. framber valdez has been fantastic oh phenomenal bro and then you have phenomenal. another guy like christian javier who had a really good year um obviously granky is gonna granky uh presley yeah. has been fantastic out of the bullpen this year they're doing all this without their best reliever in osuna as well so that's that's also mm-hmm. something to be said Facts. Um, you know, they're a really interesting team because they're not the the big unit that we're used to seeing. And and like we said, I think uh, whoever wins that Dodgers-Braves series is going to come in as the favorite, no matter who they play out of the AL. Yeah. And I really do think that this is the year for the NL to kind of take it. And I this is me personally. I would love to see the Dodgers go in, play the Astros, beat the absolute bricks off of them and get their a revenge be their first ring and god knows how many years <laughs> get the monkey off their back yeah and really round out a good year for la as a whole magic johnson gets both of his teams to to win a championship um that'll be nuts <laughs> you know it would, would just be, be really cool I, i'm here for that yeah and then on the other end, you got this run that Tampa Bay is trying to get on. Like, you get the Lightning that win the Cup. The Rays have a chance to win the World Series, will they? We'll see in a couple weeks. And, I mean, you got the Bucks on the other end. So and the Bucks, you besides get two this cities. week, have looked really good. So Yeah, you get two cities that are trying to make a cool little run at just running the table. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Now I now an LA football team is likely not going to win anything this year. Yeah. Absolutely. But I mean the Rams haven't looked bad, so I'm not going to fully doubt them yet, but uh, um yeah. I'm going to get doubt them, but having <laughs> uh within a couple of weeks you get basketball and baseball winning it. It's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that's definitely cool. Pretty cool. City's going to be lit for a while. Absolutely. So. Uh, we got but, anything um, else your, uh, for us today, Brooke? Um, we got some tennis talk actually. But before we uh, get into that, let, let's get a World Series prediction. Uh, World Series prediction. Who you um, got? Dodgers I, again. I, I think that's what's going to happen too. Dodgers, Astros, Dodgers in five. Okay. Dodgers in five. Dodgers in five. Okay. I'm gonna reluctantly go Tampa. I feel like uh, their spunk is gonna lead them past the series and i got the dodgers taking it and probably i'm gonna go i'm gonna go six Six. that's what wanted to come out i'm gonna go six so all right but we both got the dodgers i think that just makes too much sense at this point yeah they're they're definitely the favorites and they've just looked really good doing it so far too yeah um tennis talk though rafa nadal ties the grand slam record with um uh, Federer, I almost said Djokovic. He beat Djokovic. Um, he ties Federer for 20 Grand Slams, and he moves to 102 in total matches in the French Open. Ridiculous stat I've seen. 
And in a here's while. the crazy thing, right? French opens on clay. We we know he's like the king of the clay. We've known this for at least a decade now, right? Yeah. But whenever they go into the French Open, it's not like this isn't a stacked Grand Slam. Like, there's Djokovic is there every year. Every top guy is always there. Federer is always playing. And when he plays them on the clay, it's not even close. He beat he beat Djokovic in in the final for this straight sets. And, yeah. and Djokovic is a is right below those two as like the best to ever do it, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And no he just wrong. beats him in straight sets. Like he's just not even a good player. It's crazy. <laughs> Like, he's just some dude. Like, he played me. <laughs> and and there's something to be said about that record. 102. Um, it, it's, it's nuts. He's probably outside of maybe Mayweather. But I think this sport's a little bit more random than boxing. Yeah. So it's a little bit harder to control everything. Um, he's This is probably the most dominant athlete in a single event ever. 102 is just unheard of. Like, <laughs> like, like you got to think Mayweather, like Michael Phelps, but even he's lost his handful of races, right? Um, yeah. Mayweather, Phelps, and, like, Nadal on clay. It's that. Those are the three. Yeah, you know. And then, wrong, like, MJ bro. in finals, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we could say that, too. But, man... That it, you just gotta it leaves you speechless when you hear a number like that bro yeah cause it, it just it shouldn't happen it, it shouldn't like, happen it's crazy like sometimes you just have a bad day or like the ball bounces weird or you feel a little hurt how do you not lose more than twice in 102 matches yeah that's like, it just happens uh, you gotta salute it yeah it, it really is a impressive big shout out to that salute and well, we'll see uh, what he finishes his career with. With that, yeah, and he's no spring chicken at this point either. So for him to do it at his age too is kind of something else that's really impressive to me as well. Very LeBron, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But we got anything else to talk about today, Brooke? Um, no, just um, keep an eye out for the bracket challenge update. We gonna have a winner we're gonna run all the numbers right after this episode get it out for you congratulations to whoever wins uh this is episode 48 so uh keep an eye out also we we're coming up on our 50th episode we got something cool planned for you guys we're excited to share it with you just appreciate all the love and support you guys given us for this whole journey we're coming up on 10 months and yeah just shout out everyone thank you yeah, absolutely. Be on the lookout for that 50th episode. Again, this is episode 48. So, two weeks-ish. I'll just be on the lookout for that because that's going to be very exciting. Um, and, yeah, thanks. thank you guys as always for rocking with us, uh, interacting with us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Later, everybody. Be safe. Yeah.